Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Everybody to the Lazy Geeks, a weekly news podcast that brings you news stories of the past week that may have slipped under your radar. Why it's important and without all that clickbait clutter. I'm your host, Stephen Vargas. Welcome, everybody, and uh, happy new week to you. The last full week of, or not even, I don't even think it's the last full week. Is it the last full week? Yeah, actually, it is next Saturday. Uh, last full week of July. I don't know about you, but this has felt like a really, really long month. And usually that's reserved for August, but July, pretty long, pretty long. So, uh, want to remind you guys that, uh, my new podcast, the Gen Xer podcast is out with its first episode. Uh, the second episode will come out on Wednesday and this will be the last full week before that you won't hear the Truly Pointless Podcast and the Away Team starting next week on Tuesday. The Truly Pointless Podcast will return. Already have that episode recorded, and uh, it's a pretty fun episode. And then after that, on Friday, will be the return of the Away Team. So, got a lot of cool stuff set up for that. Um, so, yeah, so next week we'll be uh, back to our full array of episodes. Um, but yeah, the Truly Pointless Podcast... I mean, the, the Gen Xer podcast uh, come, is out next episode, comes out Wednesday. Really want you guys to check it out. Uh, you could find that pretty much almost wherever you get this podcast, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, um, all of those, all of those nuanced little apps. Um, so yeah, check it out and, um, and you know, it's 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 a fun show. I'm already I'm already about to record episodes three and four, so I'm definitely uh, ahead of the curve on this one. So, um, and I'm already pretty much starting work on episode five. So, you know, there's some at least five weeks worth of content coming out now. So, definitely check it out. Um, if you noticed on the website started on Friday, 
I'm going to be back to reporting more news uh, to get more traffic back on the website. Uh, we're going to, it's going to be kind of the same, you know, report the news and then tell you what's, you know, what's kind of going on underneath all of that. So be sure to check in the lazygeeks.com pretty much on a daily basis. You'll see the, the podcast on there, but you'll also see a lot of the news stories. So be sure to check that out. Um, and a change for this show. For the time being, I'm going to ditch main topics, at least for now. Uh, it's just main topics were cool when it was, you know, Adam and I doing this show. So it kind of gave a little bit more of a back and forth. When I do it by myself, it just sounds more like a TED Talk. And it's pretty much the same thing that I'm doing on the Gen Xer podcast. So I figure, you know, let's just stick to the news. Uh, I'm also looking for people who may want to do this show as a co-host. So if you're interested, go ahead and, uh, you know, maybe record a, uh, do an, do a, an, a clip, you know, of a news story and then kind of follow the, the, I guess, follow the, the pattern that I have on this show, uh, and send the clip to the geeks at thelazygeeks.com with your name and it doesn't really matter where you are as long as you know we can set up a you know a, a time to record on Skype um, to do you know an hour show and uh, so yeah so uh, go ahead and do that if you're interested um, it ain't paying anything so you know this is more more or less something for you to just kind of do if you want to do it maybe you want to get into doing your own and you want something on the side that like says like hey look i i I'm, i co-host this and uh you know it helps you know so yeah if you're interested go ahead and do that so because i'm i'm really looking to kind of make this a two-person show again but adam is kind of done with the show and you know like i like i said when i restarted the show that uh you know this is kind of the show's branding so if I can keep it going a little bit, either by myself or with someone else, that'd be pretty awesome. So hit me up and let me know if you're interested. All right, so let's jump into some news stories for the past week. Nothing is more annoying when browsing the internet and your favorite site comes back with a DNS error. Personally, it's usually when I'm trying to do something real quick, or if you have Spectrum, that's when it decides to go down. The last part happens more times than I'm willing to admit. Well, this week, it didn't just happen to you. A DNS error took down the internet. Well, at least a chunk of it anyway. Around 11.20 a.m. last week, there was a spike in down detector reports of outages for a variety of online services and websites. Obviously, the two sites that got the most attention was Sony's PlayStation Network and Steam. However, it wasn't just them. Sites and services like LastPass, TikTok, and UPS were also affected. And based on Twitter reports, the source of the problem was Akami. Akami... Akami... Akami, 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 is one of the largest content delivery networks in the world. We are aware of an emerging issue with the Edge DNS service, the company told so, uh, said in an update post. We are actively investigating the issue. As of, this, as of the writing of this article, uh, 
Akami has not said what the cause of the issue. Uh, so after about 90 minutes or so, reports uh, a, they reported that they implemented a fix for the issue, and many sites were reporting that they were back online. However, some sites were still showing some issues, but that isn't unusual after this type of issue. So normally most people will be like, okay, you know, the site went down, you know, they had an issue like what happened earlier this year when Amazon and all those places went down because they actually, you know, said that, oh, well, it was a code issue. Somebody kind of fucked up. Um, but, you know, a couple years ago, a teenager used the uh, Miari malware bot uh, to, you know, do a DDoS attack on some of the biggest sites. Eventually, he was arrested and pleaded guilty to the attack, even though other groups like Anonymous and stuff like that were trying to take credit for it. Um, but then again, it could have just been a coding error or could have just been, you know, an update that just didn't work out right. So we'll have to see. Um, there hasn't been any reports of, you know, something else happening. So, you know, sometimes it's it's a little more malicious. Other times it's just simply a technical issue. So this next story is going to definitely spike some people's interest. <laughs> you see what I did there in a second. So the NFL, which has already taken steps to encourage its players to get vaccinated against COVID, is ramping up the pressure at a team level. The league has sent a memo of, to its 32 clubs <clears throat> that if games are forced to be postponed due to COVID, a positive COVID test, they will go down as forfeits if they can't be rescheduled. That will only hit uh, team that will not only hit teams' win and loss record, but will wipe out a paycheck and deny the home team's ability to derive revenue from hosting the game. NFL Network reporter Tom Pelissero uh, obtained a memo and tweeted it in full. He said the league was going to convene a call with team owners this evening. This was last week. These operating principles are designed to allow us to play a full season in a safe and responsible way, Commissioner Roger Goodall wrote, and address positive competitive or financial issues fairly while there is no question that health conditions have improved from last year we cannot be complacent or simply assume that we will be able to play without interruption so and as training camps reopen this week and ahead of the traditional september start of the regular season many players have indicated that they still haven't gotten vaccinated a few like buffalo bills wide receiver cole beasley have made a display of regurgitating online conspiracy theories and unsubstantiated claims about risks from the vaccine. The NFL managed to play a full season in 2020 despite a myriad of challenges from COVID. A few games had to be rescheduled due to positive tests. A tighter policy has broad ramifications for teams, players, and broadcast networks alike, among other uh, among other league stakeholders so what's the the basic thing is is that they're hitting him where where it hurts now granted there are a lot of players i.e the tom brady's of the world or the you know the um aaron Rodgers, that could probably go a game and miss a paycheck and it's not going to be that big of a deal for them 
But you got to remember there are a lot of non-star players that actually do, you know, live paycheck to paycheck. And uh, that kind of thing hurts because, you know, you play a couple of months out of the year, you play 17 games out of the year, and that's your bread and butter aside from any type of endorsement deals or anything like that, which, you know, not everybody has. You know, people always say, oh, well, you know, Hollywood actors make so much money, they can, you know, just go ahead and, you know, sit this one out. Some actors do. That's kind of the big thing where people need to kind of understand is not everybody makes a couple, you know, you know, 30 million, you know, over two years or five years or what have you. Some people make, you know, the league minimum. It happens in baseball, happens everywhere. You know, they they play because that's what their job is, but they do live paycheck to paycheck. So you have, you know, players that are probably a little more well off. They're like, well, fuck you. I don't care. You know, find me, whatever, because they can pay the fine. But this is kind of doing the whole, you know, when you have that kid in kindergarten that won't shut the fuck up and the teacher threatens if he doesn't shut the fuck up, nobody goes outside and plays and he keeps seeking attention. So nobody goes out. Everybody hates that guy. That's what they're doing in this. They're treating everybody like fucking kindergarten, like children. And I'm glad personally because they're, all, they're you know, this bullshit that people are still throwing out there of like, oh, well, you know, I'm magnetized or, you know, it's tracking me or, you know, it's unsafe. It'll make women fertile. It's all bullshit. You know, anybody that still believes it, you're a fucking moron. That's really what it comes down to. I've been vaccinated since May. I'm not magnetized. I'm not, in, I'm not, you know, fertile. I don't, you know, my phone or anything doesn't start speaking Chinese, what have you. You know, it, it's, I'm, it, I'm fine. In fact, I haven't been better, you know. And again, the vaccine doesn't cure you. And protect you from getting the virus. It's a fucking flu shot. If you get it, it'll be a lot less severe. I mean, with the Delta variant. The Delta variant, everybody that goes into the hospital that either dies or gets hospitalized, 99% of them are unvaccinated. Vaccinated people get sick, but it's like the cold, like a cold or like a flu, and then they're done, they're fine. You know, we have reports of people that are getting so sick from being unvaccinated that they beg for the vaccine. And, you know, the nurses there are like, it's too late, bro. You know, because the vaccine only helps you to prevent that. It doesn't help you when you have it. And, you know, so it, it's stupid at this point. And the only way a lot of these things, and this is where the problem where we have these Republican, you know, governors and even Democrats, I'm because, oh, we don't want to be known as, it's like, fuck you guys. You know, allow... You know, Republicans are all about, oh, the free market businesses should be allowed to decide what they want to do. Oh, well, we want to have proof of vaccinated. Our employees are vaccinated. Oh, no, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's HIPAA rules. HIPAA doesn't work that way. HIPAA means that a company cannot go to your doctor and get your medical information without your knowledge or your consent. If they ask you, you need to provide this, it's not a violation of HIPAA. Sorry, not how it works. Because technically, if that was the case, doctors couldn't ask you what's wrong. It violates HIPAA. So, you know, people need to learn what these things actually are. Um, so I'm glad for this. Um, because not only is, there's another aspect of this that isn't really covered in this piece. But 
if a team has to forfeit the game, the forfeited team, because of a COVID, the forfeited team has to pay the costs to the stadium for the cancellation of the game. So if this one douchebag decides, well, I'm not getting vaccinated, he tests positive for COVID, the schedule is kind of tight and they're not able to reschedule. Okay, you forfeit. Not only do you forfeit, everybody loses a paycheck and the owners of the of that team have to pay um, the forfeited owners have to pay the stadium wherever they were going to play, providing it's it's you know that or the home team. You know, if it's your home game, you lose the revenue too for the stadium and all that stuff. So it's not only just hurting the players; it's hurting the people that work for the parking lot. It's hurting the people that do concessions, the workers that work on the field, all of that stuff. So. If you want to be a dickhead and you want everybody to go ahead and go, oh, because of you, I don't get a paycheck, fuck you. That's going to be an issue. So that should be interesting. I can't wait to see how that works out. All right. So for years, YouTube streamers have used third-party plugins to allow their fans to donate to them. Starting this week, however, YouTube is taking a step forward, making that functionality something that uh, that's built into the platform. While it's still in beta, the company says its new Super Thanks feature is rolling out to the thousands of additional creators in 68 countries. By the end of the year, it's planned to make it available for to everyone in the YouTube Partner Program. When you decide to give your favorite creator a Super Thanks, you'll have four options before you. The amount will vary by market, but in the U.S., you can donate $2, $5, $10, or $50 at one time. Once you complete the payment process, you'll see an animated GIF of balloons float across your screen and YouTube will highlight your comment as well as the amount of money you sent. As with other monetization tools, YouTube offers to streamers, including Super Chat and Super Stickers, the company will take a 30% cut of all donations. Adding more ways for creators to earn money is important for YouTube, even if the one company is late to offer. Long gone are the days where it's only just a video platform of note. The company faces competition from Twitch, TikTok, and others, particularly those platforms looking for ways to keep their most prolific creators invested in making content for their own respective apps. Now, this is cool, but... um, the The... the cut part is starting to get to me uh because granted you know all these things you know they they're they're there to make money you know tiktok i mean um you know facebook's um incentive program you also have apple that has their new you know um premium programming you know all of that stuff where oh yeah you donate but 30 percent of the cut goes to you know uh, goes to the service, which I get because it's that's how they're going to create their revenue steam. But if you think about it, if you think about it, for every dollar you donate, thirty cents of that amount goes to the company. So you're so you know off of a dollar, you know seventy uh, for every dollar you send, seventy cents goes to the creator kind of fucked up right um i'm all for like like we use 
PayPal, or at least my PayPal account, because we're still pretty, pretty fucking small. So you can go to PayPal and you can donate to me there or Venmo and donate to me there. And I get the full cut unless I want the money right away, in which case they take up 1%, which at that point is like for every dollar, it's like 10 cents for, you know, every dollar. Actually, no, I take that back for every dollar. They take 1%, actually a penny. So 99 cents goes to me. If I want it right away, they take a penny. 30% on the other hand, or 10% would be 10 cents. So I get it, why they want to do it. And, you know, I mean, if you make enough money where 30% is a good chunk of change for the company, you know, it's convenient. I get it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, there are other ways because, you know, for me on a personal level, you know, uh, starting a new job and then my brother passing and, and all this stuff, I've just kind of been financially strapped. Um, I've been kind of telling people, you know, if you still want to donate to help me out until I start getting, you know, my paychecks regularly, um, you know, so I'm not starving and my animals aren't starving or whatever, you can, you know, they donate to GoFundMe. But now I'm having more people that are like, well, you have something other than GoFundMe because GoFundMe takes a good chunk, you know, um, for every hundred dollars, it takes like three dollars. So, you know, 30 percent. Um, so it's, uh, you know, and then whatever other fees. So people are just kind of like, you know, do you have something else? So they've been using my Venmo or my PayPal because at least at that point, you know, like or Zelle. You know, I like Zelle because if you have Zelle, the money comes into your account like immediately because it's almost like you're making a deposit in cash. So it's like, boom, it's there. Uh, Venmo and PayPal, you know, for PayPal, you can use PayPal to pay for stuff. Um, I tend to just take it and throw it in my bank account because that's what I use, tend to use more. It takes a day before it gets into my account. So it's not that big of a deal, but I get the whole amount. Um so I'm still, you know, I mean, if we did a Patreon on this channel, which we've kind of thought, you know, we'd have to pay for that anyway. But at that point, it's like we're doing a Patreon through their service. So I get I see the cut better, you know, as opposed to like, oh, well, you're performing, you're putting on our platform. We can do this for you, but we're still going to take a cut of that, even though, you know, we're really not doing much. And uh and Apple's thing is even worse because it's like, oh, well, we do a Patreon type of thing. You know, we'll get 30%. Also, you got to pay us an extra 20 bucks a year just to be on the service. Like, fuck off. So, you know. So if you guys ever want to donate to us, you can donate through the PayPal account, which is which is my PayPal account, which is on the website, the, the donate button there. Or you can go to our Venmo, which is the LazyGeeks underscore 1010. And in which case we get the whole chunk of change. All right. So a major problem with Apple TV is not a lot of people are keeping it after the free trial. Adam and I were part of that group, which much like with Paramount Plus, there isn't a whole lot of reason to keep it. That doesn't stop them from throwing out free trials to anyone and, and everyone. Now, if you're a PlayStation 5 owner you can get a six-month trial of Apple TV for free. Of course, there is a catch. This promo is available exclusively to PlayStation 5 owners. However, it can be redeemed through the dashboards 
uh, through the console's dashboard. Oh, and it requires a PlayStation account network and um, network account and an Apple ID. Note that the Apple ID in question must have a payment method attached to it because Apple TV subscription will automatically renew after the trial ends at the regular monthly rate of $4.99 a month. And the offer expires one year from now on July 22nd, 2022. The deal isn't limited to new customers. For once, existing Apple TV Plus subscribers can take advantage of the deal too, providing you're not subscribed to the service through a bundle offer such as Apple One. The offer is available to people who are even already using an Apple TV Plus on a free trial. Now, much like with Paramount Plus, you will keep it for the content you like, you know, and there's some great content on there now, like Ted Lasso, which is one of my personal favorites, which just started season two, uh, Mythic Quest, which I know Adam really likes, and I, I dig it for all mankind, and there are a couple others. Um, Haley Steinfeld's show, but I'm really just for her, she's... I have such a crush on her. It's, it's ridiculous. Her, it's weird. I'm having like weird crushes on, on her, like her and, and Peyton List and, you know, and, 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 um, and, uh, Joey King. I'm just having real crushes on them. Not in a creepy old man way. Well, actually, I guess it is just a creepy old man way. I guess I'll just own that. Um, but their biggest drawback to Apple TV Plus, getting back to that, is that they don't offer third-party produced content. You can rent stuff on there if you have, you know, uh, movies anywhere. You can link it to your account so you can watch any movie that you have digitally. The problem is, is unlike Paramount Plus and Netflix and Hulu and, you know, every and everyone else, uh, even Peacock, yeah, they have original content, but they also have third-party content. Now, with, like, something like Paramount or you know, uh, Peacock, they're owned by studios, HBO Max, also, you know, they all are owned, they own studios, so they have their own built-in catalog. Apple TV Plus is kind of behind the eight ball, because you have Netflix and Hulu, which produce their own content, but they also have third-party content. Um, that's one of the drawbacks that I see with Apple TV Plus. There is, you know, you can binge a season, you know, of The Morning Show, or, or, um, or uh, uh, For All Mankind, or Ted Lasso. And you may start other shows, and you're like, eh. And then you, you know, and they do have some original movies that appear on there. Uh, and then you kind of, like, Cherry, and, and, and that submarine movie, that um, World War II movie with uh, uh, Tom Hanks. And those are cool, but then you're kind of left paying $4.99 a month for whatever. And the same thing happens with Paramount Plus for me is that I watch Paramount Plus strictly mo strictly for Star Trek and sometimes <clears throat> air, um, uh, what's that? Air disasters because I'm sick. I'm a sick fuck. Uh, but once you've gone through them, you look at their movie selection, you're kind of like, okay, there's a little bit of stuff on there. Um, it's the same thing with Peacock. You know, you go through all the movies of Peacock. There's a lot of garbage on Peacock. But every so often, you'll find little gems in there that are like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, they have that on there. Cool. But once you go through those and you've binged any original content series, you're kind of screwed on that. But with Peacock, you have previous seasons of a show on there, you know, because it's all their current, you know, and same thing with CBS, all their current shows, you know, in their back catalog. So you'll have some things to go. If you get into Blue Bloods or any of the CSI shows or the NCIS shows on, on Paramount, you're good for a while, you know, 
Um, but yeah, Apple TV is one of those. I mean, you'll be reminded every month when you're paying five bucks and go, I haven't watched it at all, you know? So I was thinking of getting the year for Paramount uh, for Apple TV because, and then I don't have to pay for it. But at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, Ted Lasso. And then once that ends, there's probably a long time before Mythic Quest or, or, or For All Mankind's new season comes back. So I'll just re-sign up when those shows come in. And that's the problem with a lot of these services. Like they go, oh, the, the, the sign-up numbers will go. Yeah, but they're also their, their unsubscribe numbers go down, go up. And it's about retention. And that's the big problem that Apple that Apple is seeing with this. So keeping on the Apple train, alongside WWDC, that's the Worldwide Developers Conference 2021, Apple rolled out a bunch of features for its music streaming service. The lossless and spatial audio update, as well as other enhancements, are now available for Music Plus on Android. Uh, version 3.6 of Apple Music with spatial listening, lossless audio, automatic crossfade, and library search refine, uh, enhancements will be rolling out via the Play Store to all existing and new users. The test period for those that signed up for the beta channel just lasted just over a month and ended uh, a couple of days before this recording. Now, in the update, Apple Music adds a spatial listening service on uh, compatible devices with thousands of tracks of Dolby Atmos available at launch. Other updates include lossless audio, a new way to experience uncompromised unc sound with a bit-for-bit -bit accuracy, automatic crossfade, a new way to listen to that blends each song into the next for seamless experience, and search enhancements to library, which allows you more easily to find your favorite music in with their inline search. So that's kind of cool. The crossfade stuff is actually really cool. I used that on Spotify and it makes it more like it gives you more of that uh, uh, what continuous play like the music ends and then you get that little small gap and then the music starts. You know, there's only a couple of second overlap where the other one kind of fades in and it's almost like I don't know if they still do this now, but back in the day when I was in high school you would have Saturday nights where uh, radio stations would just kind of do an hour of just like unending music. And it would kind of play like a party, like a DJ, where the song would start to end and then he'd kick up the other one and you'd hear the other song come up and you'd be ready to go, you know. That kind of crossfade. I dig that. Sometimes I don't when I'm, when I'm just listening to one song. Uh, so that could be a little annoying. But I like the fact that doing the lossless audio because that was something that Amazon Music did where they released lossless music and they <clears throat> and they included it free with one of their paid subscriptions. Apple decided, oh, hey, we should do that, too. But we'll you're already paying nine ninety nine a month just to get this. So here you go. So I think that's a that's a bit cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you have Apple Music, it's going to be it's going to be a nice little feature. Um, I've used it and I actually enjoy Apple music a little bit more. Um, and it, I, I enjoy that a little bit more because one of the reasons why I kind of, if you have a very big digital catalog and you used to use your, an iPod or what have you, or, or something like that, or you used to, my big, my big problem 
was when I to get an iPhone. I have what was it? Something like ten thousand tracks of audio on my iTunes account because I, I had an iPod and I used to like to listen to that. And I never got a phone for that that didn't have a a um, external memory because I would put my music on there so I could listen to it. So, I, but I would always have it on my on my uh, iPod. Problem is, is when they're like, "Oh yeah, you can have your music on your iPhone." But you'd have to put it on there, and they don't have enough room to do this. However, with Apple Music, if you have iTunes, you can sync that in the cloud, and it will sync all your music, your playlist, all of that stuff. So then when you're out there, you don't have to have all that stuff on your phone, which is really, really nice. And that was one of the things that kind of kept me from getting an iPhone and playing my music, which I, I always – and I still have it. And it's like I still have iTunes, and it's like I have so much music on there. I don't get a lot of new music, but the fact that I can listen to my old stuff, my playlists and stuff, because I have playlists for when I write and stuff like that. But then I have, but then if you want to hear new music, they also have their playlists and, and their essentials and all that stuff all together. So it really does make, if you have a big music library, because I know a few people that do, it does make it a whole lot easier to use that on an Apple, on an Apple device without having to spend so much more money just to get a, uh, to double the, go from a 64 to a 128. It's ridiculous on how much they charge for that. All right. So lastly, rumor mill reports, uh, reported new details about Spider-Man No Way Home and Disney Plus's Hawkeye series have emerged with the latter potentially set to see the return of Vincent D'Onofrio's Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. A moderator for Reddit called Marvel Studios Spoilers shared a reported inside scoop on Hawkeye claiming D'Onofrio will appear as Wilson Fisk on the series. This would mark his return as the character after serving as the villain on Netflix's Daredevil series, which is no longer considered MCU canon. If true, it would align with other recent reports of Marvel Studios finding ways to bring various Defender characters into the MCU films and TV shows. The report also claims that Hawkeye will tie into Spider-Man No Way Home. According to the info, Hawkeye will arrive in November, which confirms recent reports about a fall release date, while this all but confirms Ms. Marvel's debut in October. Um, it also means Hawkeye's reported six-episode first season will overlap with Spider-Man 3's December release. A rumor states that this that this is because Hawkeye will connect to the new Spider-Man film. In fact, Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock, long rumored to be in Spider-Man 3, was supported to be on Hawkeye before scheduling conflicts led to D'Onofrio returning instead. And with D'Onofrio campaigning to be on in the next Spider-Man, the Daredevil villain could appear in the film as well. The rumor also claims that Kingpin will appear on Echo, a Hawkeye spinoff in the works for Hero Maya Lopez. The, that show is also reported to feature Cox's Daredevil. It was previously rumored that Matt Murdock will appear on She-Hulk, uniting Marvel's two most fav famous lawyers, Kristen Ritter. Jessica Jones is rumored to appear in uh, is rumored to appear on She-Hulk. Okay, so again, this is all rumor. Uh, take this with as much grain of salt as possible. Um, this, uh, 
these rumors get a little out of control because people just have an idea and then they just kind of go with it. Or they, you know, see something that's said in an interview and then suddenly the conspiracy theory board with strings and papers and pushpins go all over the place and this is what they come up with. Uh, that's not to say that this might not happen. I know D'Onofrio has wanted to reply, reply, uh, reprise his role as Kingpin. And to be honest, I can't think of anybody better than, as Kingpin than D'Onofrio at this point because the, the motherfucker is amazing. Um, but everything is kind of going in and with Spider because of the whole multiverse thing that's supposed to lead into Spider-Man No Way Home and then Doctor Strange. Um, I, I kind of think a lot of this is just people throwing shit against the wall to see what happens and what sticks. Um, I would be very, very surprised to see any of the defenders, the Netflix's defenders, appear this soon. I mean, the rights did just return last year to Marvel after Netflix uh, dumped them all. But I don't really see them throwing them in there that quickly because, you know, they've had X-Men and Fantastic Four for a longer period of time. So... You know, and they haven't come back yet, but I think that's where the multiverse is coming in. I think the multiverse is the setup for the X-Men arriving into the Marvel Universe. That's been my theory the whole time, is that the multiverse will bring the mutants over because we haven't had mutants at this point. And, you know, Wanda and uh, and Petro were enhanced, you know. Uh, they were mutants because they kind of set that up a little bit in WandaVision that they, they had these... that particularly Wanda had this, you know, power, but then they got enhanced with the, with the, uh, the staff. So we'll have to see how this all works out in the end. Um, I'm going to take this with a very, very grain of salt. If it turns out to be true. Awesome. If it doesn't, eh, I'm not that disappointed. <laughs> all right. So now our douchebag of the week and our douchebag of the week is Twitter's fleets. Stories that disappear after a period of time are where the action is on social me social platforms like Snapchat, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook. But when it comes to Twitter, it looks like the product itself is going to be going away for a while in a matter of days. Twitter has confirmed that fleets, its own take on, uh, on stories that launch into general availability just nine months ago, is shutting down on August 3rd. The company said the reason for the move is just lack of activity, specifically among the most hesitant Twitter users who said it was trying to target fleets in the first place. Uh, what? Well, Kayvon Bacor, Twitter's head of consumer products, said that the company would be building other products, but didn't say whether they would be bringing any more... Uh, ephemeral aspects to any of them spaces the company's answer to clubhouse currently sits in the same strip at the top of the apps as fleets and it will become the sole occupant of that horizontal carousel that fleets um, when fleets disappears meanwhile the company noted in a blog post from isla brown vp of product that some of of what it built fleets built for fleets such as the vertical full-screen advertising test that it ran only as recently as June, would possibly reappear in other places on the app. So, it's a douchebag because 
I was like, Twitter's not meant for that disappearing stuff. Like, you know, it, it's just really kind of funny when I heard they were doing this. And it's only been nine months. It actually felt a lot less than nine months. But then again, the way time is over the last year and a half, you can't, you just can't rely on time anymore. It doesn't seem so linear at some point. But you have, you had this, which was, oh, disappearing. We're trying to be like Snapchat and, and, you know, and, and Instagram's trying to be like Snapchat. It's, it's, Snapchat was the original that did this. And then Facebook just stole it and called it whatever else they wanted to call it. And then Twitter decides, oh, well, we'll try that too. Even though Snapchat and Instagram and, and, and them, it's visual, you know, videos and stuff like that. Twitter's not known for that. Twitter's text, you know, it's like RCS, you know, it, it's just all text-based and memes and, and, you know, sometimes videos. So it just didn't make sense. It was wrong for that ecosystem. And anybody that's using Twitter most of the times are just fucking anonymous little, you know, keyboard warriors that, you know, don't give a shit, that don't want to put their face to anything. Most of the times their accounts are fake anyway. So nice try, Twitter. But yeah, I knew it wasn't going to work. I just thought it would take a little longer than nine months for it to fail. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. We want to we wanna ditch the ads and be independent, and we can only do that with your support. And if you would like to donate to make this podcast and all the other shows available, all the other shows on the Lazy Geeks Network self-sustaining, you can go to thelazygeeks.com and click on the Donate button, or you can go strictly to our Venmo if, you know, you don't want to do PayPal. And our Venmo is at thelazygeeks underscore 1010. Um, if you can't help us out monetarily, please share the show with your buddies and rate the show on iTunes. This will give us bigger exposure, you know, allow more people to find us. And, and that's always a plus. Uh, you can also check out all the other shows available on the Lazy Geeks Network. There's the Truly Pointless Podcast and the Star Trek-centric podcast, The Away Team, which return next week with brand new episodes. Uh, also, again, my uh, new podcast, the Gen Xer Podcast, is also available wherever you get this show. And if you want to be part of the show, hit it, hit me up on in the comments, question, um, give ask questions or ideas for future episodes. Uh, you can catch us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under at the Lazy Geeks, all one word, or email us thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. So that is it for us this week. So until next time, I'm Stephen Vargas, and we're thinking so you don't have to. 